1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today is something of an unusual program. We're going to be exploring the esoteric geography of London. My guest is James Tunney, who is a novelist, a poet, a painter, a barrister, a professor of law. He is the author of Blue Lies September, a dystopian novel. and Much of what we discuss today will be based on his perspective as a novelist. He is also the author of The Mystical Accord, Sutras Suited for Our Times, Lines for Spiritual Evolution, as well as another dystopian novel, Ireland, I Don't Know Who She Is. Welcome, James. Thank you very much again,
0: Jeffrey. It's great to be here. Thank it's you.
1: really a pleasure to be with you. I've been enjoying your time in Albuquerque thoroughly.
0: You're so kind, and I appreciate you, the lovely walks you've brought me on uh, today. And you'll notice that I brought the sun back for you, like St. <laughs> like Patrick. But
1: much appreciated. So, uh, let's start by defining a little bit for our viewers what we mean by the very concept of esoteric geography.
0: Uh, Okay. Um, I was quite interested in ideas of psychogeography. There's ideas. Some people claim it's a a uh, Marxist-based type of of discipline. Uh, A lot of novelists use it. I don't think we can confine it so. But there has been a series of novels which begin to look at familiar places in London and begin to look at the deeper associations perhaps the mystical or esoteric associations, we can see that this was done by Peter Aykroyd uh, and uh, Alan Moore and other people. There's plenty of people who have written in some ways uh, about psychogeography. Um, I don't know how whether the term is used, but I th- uh, for me, I'd like to think more in terms of esoteric geography and also to think of Perhaps more like the monks used to do, the monks that lived in the areas that we may talk about, they had an idea of a spatiamentum, which is a walk that will give you time to think about things. And I think the, the, the process of walking is, is very important. It's a thing we're we're evolved to do, if you like. And when we're going through a, a cityscape, we are impressed with all the ideas, the memories, the history, the information, the knowledge, the sights, they begin to work on our consciousness, consciousness and subconsciousness. And this is a, a classic practice which authors have engaged in. Virginia Woolf is one of the greatest examples who walked around London looking for things, but they do it for different purposes. My, my suggestion is that it's a useful way to begin to uh, have characters or oneself to put oneself in the position where we're reassessing history through our engagement with an association of perception of relationships between things so it's it can be deeper as we're trying to understand things so I think I'm using esoteric geography to borrow I'm not claiming it's, it's any originality in that sense just as a description uh, there's perhaps a better word and uh, it, it, people walking around are often going through a journey, a process of exploration, and it can't be useful. And then we have a lot of people who are interested in why have certain phenomena happen. Sometimes when you begin to look at the relationship between things that are around us, we can begin to put things together, we can begin to connect the dots. So I think I, I, I've I, I, the first time I was in London was in, I think, 1977. Uh, and I remember when my aunt came in the morning and she said, she was from the Irish countryside living in London a long time. She said, Elvis is dead. So I can, <laughs> I can locate the time. And she, everyone was very uh, moved by that. And she talked about the young people who were gathering outside a church down the road. And uh, uh, it affected people. Um, but from that time, I've got to know certain parts of London. Uh, I've, I've lived in, in, in a number of places in London. There's a lot of writers write about London directly and write about London in a historical perspective and write about London in the psychogeographical context. So there's nothing new there. I just wanted to utilize that type of genre to try and engage in some of the topics that are really important for people. Issues such as uh, governance, even conspiracy, spiritual evolution, association between phenomena that seem to be diverse. So I find it a useful uh, structure. On which to hang ideas. That's all I'd say, but to, to look at associations, to look at connections.
1: Well, well, when I think of esoteric geography myself, I'm reminded of Jerusalem where I visited and they have the stations of the cross. You can walk through the city of Jerusalem and come to the spots where Jesus himself was you know, carrying the cross yes. on the way to cavalry. And, yes. and people remember the moment because they're at the location.
0: Well, that's interesting that you you picked that particular example. Perhaps as we as, as we see a little bit later, we talk about the idea I have in my head. But it's interesting that you picked Jerusalem.
1: Well, I, as a parapsychologist, I'm also interested in the concept of a haunting, yes, where a particular location becomes. People suggest that. Uh, for example, in the art of psychometry, that memories can be implanted in in physical objects. A good psychometrist can hold in their hand a stone or a a ring or an object, and they will be able to read the memories associated with that object. Uh,
0: I I have no doubt that there is certainly some effect, and I note it, for example, when I'm doing paintings. I've done a number of streetscapes, for example. Uh, One of them is in London, uh, which we won't mention in this context, but it's Brick Lane. It's called Brick Lane, We Are Shadows. And I went to Brick Lane when I used to visit my sister a a few years later who worked there. So that's in the east end of London near Whitechapel. It's the area associated with Jack the Ripper. It's it's an area uh, which had a a large uh, Indian population uh, and Asian population. So there was the best restaurants in London were there. So you walk from the greyness into this other world, actually, with colors and exotic smells and things. That, it, it, was, it was like walking into a different dimension. Um, it, at one time, it wasn't, uh, fashionable. It goes up and down. And, and there, there is a, a, a mosque now, which used to be a synagogue, which used to be a church. And up beside the, on the clock tower, there's uh, the the phrase in Latin, uh, uh, which translated means "We are shadows." And it's, it's a profound reminder to us that we're, we're mortal. Uh, we're not just shadows, of course. We're, we're spirits, but in the physical sense, uh, uh, we are mortal. So when I'm looking at that that street, I can't. I don't want to. De- if you if you want to depict it as it is, get a camera. Get your mobile phone out. If you want to begin to reflect on it, well, then maybe begin to suggest something as you might do in a process of hypnosis, to begin to suggest with images, oh, there's something old or something, and to begin to create the associations. So a person may be able to begin in their mind to travel through uh, time to go back in the same sp- space. And we also have the idea of the genus loci, of, of the, the spirit of the place, which is very important. And we see that certain places have certain powers. So when you're talking about Jerusalem, Jerusalem is significant on a number of, of di- a number of different layers, on multiple hundreds of different layers uh, o- o- that, that have accreted o- over over time. So uh, certain places have that. Uh, you, you can see that, like Berkeley, for example, uh, is a place. It's one of these places that will keep keeps coming up over and over again. Perhaps more than you might think it would have. Uh, uh, but the, the certain places have this. This magic or influence uh, that true time will have different layers. So, when you look at a place, it's useful for f- an imaginative sense to begin to, to see it. And if you, if you listen to w- or read William Blake, he, he, he taught that our life is imagination and that we mm-hmm. had to cultivate and we had to open the doors of perception. Which was the phrase that uh, uh, Huxley borrowed, yes. which the band the Doors borrowed from from, from Huxley, from going back to William Blake. So that William Blake walking around London and he saw a, a, a different world than than we do.
1: Well, because uh, our viewers will be able to see some of your artwork, I want to show that particular okay, sure, painting, if sure, I may. Yeah. They get a sense of the eye with which you have seen London and written yes. about it in in your novel, Blue Lies, September. You're looking at, uh, in particular, uh, the Underground River, the Fleet River.
0: Yeah, it starts. It starts off there, and perhaps I, I, I can, if you bear with me for a few minutes. Uh, I can explain why this river uh, appeared to be significant. Um, if you think of the the main river, of course, in London is the the Thames, which uh, which rises in the Cotswolds uh, and it gathers speed and or gathers force and it moves eastward and comes into London. It takes a U shape uh, around Greenwich. And then it gets nearer or it gets wider and moves out to the sea. Okay, so that's the Thames that that's the the great mysterious sacred magical river that people associate with London, but if we go back to the origins of London uh, the river fleet was very significant now the, the river fleet is a, a tributary to, to this uh, to the river Thames, so it comes from a northern direction into the, the the river thames so its course is not very meandering it's it starts up in Hampstead heat which is in uh, the north of london uh, so uh, in that part of of london uh, we we have Hampstead heat with parliament hill and not uh, and near near there is a place called primrose hill and there we have Highgate as well. And these are places that people may be familiar with because they're, they're recurrent, they're recurrent in literature, they're recurrent in a whole range of contexts. They're loaded with associations. Um, so the river, the, the, the river rises there in little ponds and it, it follows its course down through uh, Highgate, down, down through uh, Kilburn, Kilburn, Burn, uh, Stream, and we, we can begin to think about a stream of uh, consciousness as well when we're thinking about the movement of it. I'll start off a journey, uh, or a ha- part of the idea of the going through the head of one of the characters. Not, not fully, just to give an idea when we move on a little bit, when we come down to Camden Town. But Hampstead Heat, Primrose Hill, yeah, they, they may, they may begin to jog. Memories in the back of your head. You, we've heard these places. We have associations. We see them in a number of novels. We see that this was where the Martians came in War of the Worlds. This is where they landed up on Primrose Hill and up 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 that area. That's where they.
1: If, if I may interrupt for a moment, Hampstead Heath is a large park today, is it?
0: It's a large area where you can walk through. It's mm-hmm. a large uh, grass area, mm-hmm. and there's, there's there's lakes there where people go to swim. Uh, there's a lot of trails that people go around and it's it's up on a height so when you're on parliament hill you can look over the whole of london so we're up on the hill in hampstead and it's it's not too high but there's a good view over over the city and in the distance if we if we look uh, southeast we can see the city rising the this the business area tall buildings there's tall a lot of tall buildings all over Uh, London now and we can see the city stretched out over us and we can see down to Where the houses of Parliament are these are significant places from prehistoric times and we also see in the occult literature and evidence that these places were associated with the druids that modern druidism was associated with these places that There's evidence of black masses satanic practice whatever that there's a draw there we can see in books like uh, by Olaf Stapleton, the star maker, but the character is up there. It's recurrent.
1: Colin Wilson. Yes.
0: You, you interviewed him. I was, him. G- I
1: was going to bring that point up. Colin Wilson, in his early career as a writer, uh, when he couldn't afford to, to live in an apartment, slept in a sleeping bag in Hampstead He
0: Exactly. Took exactly. his bicycle
1: down to the British Library where he wrote his first great masterpiece, The Outsider. Exactly. So, Very,
0: very well put, and and it's a perfect example. But you see, even in that example that you have given, we have someone who is interested in esoteric and occult things. The author of The Occult, a great classic. Yeah, who talks about Factor X, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, and who has some... uh, So you see that he makes that journey to the British Library, which is not far off the course of the River Fleet, which is s- straight down uh, in the, in, in the, in the British Museum, which is a focal point. Uh, but you, you begin to see there's an association and you begin to say, well, did, was it relevant to him that he, he slept up there, that he slept rough? Was that a significant factor? It's, it's an interesting thing to think about. When you're up in Hampstead Heath, there are other, there are other associations. There's many, many authors, famous people, actors. Present, past that lived there, uh, the house that was used uh, for the inspiration for Mary Poppins, where the uh, Mary Poppins lived, is in Hampstead Heath. So we have an association with Mary Poppins, who is r- written by P. L. Travers, who went to Ireland on a mystic journey, who believe who, s- who describes Mary Poppins as coming to her out of the ether who also worked for the Ministry of Information, it's interesting associations. So, Hampstead Heat up there we have uh, all these prehistoric occult connections, connections with any actor you name, that you'll find them up there, Richard Burton, uh, you have Coleridge, you have, uh, it, it goes back, it goes back to the Romantic Post, they come up there. You have Great artists, pre really like, they come off here. It's like the ghosts are in the place. They keep coming back to that, to that place. So we, we start off and we follow the river a bit. We get down to Camden Town to, just to, so, so we're not too long. And the, uh, the, the character, uh, one of the characters lives just in, uh, in Camden Town. So the fleet goes down through Camden Town. Um, and, Camden Town, famous for a lot of things, used to be Irish community. Uh, there was a Camden School of Artists, a number of artists who lived there, uh, and we had Camden Palace. It was a, it was an important place in relation to bands, the Sex Pistols, the Police. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of them, performed there. When when Prince came to do one of his small performances, he performed in the in the Camden Palace, which is just on the River Fleet. If we follow the the River Fleet around, it goes around from Camden down to the back of King's Cross, and on the way uh, there is believed by some uh, to have been an encampment by Julius Caesar. So some people believe that Julius Caesar camped on this spot by the River Fleet. So I mean you begin to have a different association. And I forgot to say that when we were back in Highgate and all that, of course, we have the places where Karl Marx is buried, who went to the British Museum as well. So we have associations uh, with, with, with a lot of well-known people. Um, my character, she, she, she walks a slightly different route around, to, to, but parallel to, to the, uh, or gets around back to the river. She walks down uh, Eversholt Street, it's, it's go, which goes down towards Bloomsbury which is, well, no, it's not far away, uh, on the way she's thinking, she's th- she's walking down this street, she'll turn back onto the course of the river, she's thinking about the river, she's thinking about the way it has shaped the area. She's read that if you're near an underground river, it can affect your psychic perception. There seems to be more apparitions uh, associated with, with underground water. Maybe there's some electromagnetic energy. Uh, She's walking around there, and, and she knows that Dickens lived in a number of places around there. In fact, some people believe that Dickens lived everywhere. There's so many blue plaques, plaques with Dickens' name around them. But there, there are well-known film directors that have. have she goes by Saint Aloysius Church, and she remembers that the great Irish boxer, big tall man, I think he was about six foot six, Jack Doyle, world. He was world famous star, a beautiful wife. He died as a, as a, as a poor man, and that was his. his the requiem mass was, was held there, and she knows that if she talks to some of the old people, that they remember this estate this at the end. So how the the mightier fall. She goes down. Uh, she doesn't go down to Bloom. She t- takes a left by Euston Station. Euston Station's there. King's Cross and Euston Station are very close. A, a, termin- a terminus here for people coming from the north from Ireland. They would have arrived at Euston Station very, very significant. Um, she takes a left uh, down uh, King's Cross Road and she remembers as she's walking down, that well, she'll get back onto the Underground uh, River uh, course, but she remembers that there's authors here who wrote Penny Dreadfuls. These were kind of like graphic novels that used to scare people, horror stories, and the Victorians, they loved them. Uh, she walks on down and we have where well, we have the 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 modern British Library, and then we have king's cross king's Cross King's Cross. this was an important place. This was a place where they found the bones of a mammoth in sixteen ninety in King's Cross, another terminus. What does terminus mean? Well, the Roman god of boundaries terminus there's Roman gods everywhere everywhere in in London so uh, she's, uh, she's at King's Cross. She's back on the course of the river. The river bends a little bit around King's Cross. And as she's gone by, she remembers that just beside King's Cross, there's a place called Percy Circus. Circus. What happened there? Well, this was the place where Vladimir Lenin first met Leon Trotsky. That's incredible that these two people that were profoundly impactful in history, met here near king's cross and around there there's, there's there's other interesting little things the reason why they were there was because they had uh, a newspaper called iskra which they published in clerkenwell so incredible associations begin to ask, well why did they come here what, what was going on but it wasn't just them most of the bolshevik party Plekhanov and all that lived around there uh, lenin didn't stay with them because he liked order he didn't like the the messiness they had in there. other he wanted things to be ordered, he didn't didn't like that. And, and
1: you mentioned Marx was not far away. Uh, Marx w- w- uh,
0: used to study in the library, so he he lived in in Soho. So he he was he was in when she was going down. If you remember, she didn't go to Russell Square. She took a left. If she had have continued, we would have come into where Marx studied. So, this is only part of the journey. You don't get the full, that would we'll be too long here. <laughs> so she's going around. So, so we're in Kings Cross. Remember, so we've started in Hampstead. We've come down. We've come down to Camden Town. The river's come around to Kings Cross and, and it's turning around into Farringdon, Farringdon Street. Okay.
1: Now, was it always underground or did it no. get covered?
0: That's right. Well, that, that's a very good, that's a very good question. Um, But I'll answer that in a second because we're getting to the covering process. Uh, It was covered. It was covered gradually, but uh, so it was covered in some of the northern bits. I think before the southern bits. But as we're going around, uh, by past where Lenin met Trotsky, knocked on the door one morning, his wife opened when Lenin was getting ready. Uh, If we went, if we walked a little bit to the left, a few uh, not too far, we would come to where Douglas Adams, I think, used to live. Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Gallery. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. a person that could see a whole lot of, he's around here as well. That's interesting. Oh, there's two things we forgot. She also remembers that there's a legend that Marilyn's Cave was here. The Cave. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the legend just here. And there was a few hills, Pentonville Hill, or Penton Hill, and Pentonville Prison was there. What associations does she have with Pentonville Prison? Well, this is where Sir Roger Casement, uh, was executed. Who's Sir Roger Caseman? He was the uh, he was the Irish revolutionary who, who sought to import in a submarine guns for the for the Revolution, but it was captured uh, but he, he was he was part of the of the uh, Establishment he had been he had done two great reports. He'd exposed the human rights abuses uh, in the Congo and the incredibly Uh, deadly practices of the rubber companies and he'd also gone to the amazon to protect the uh, Putumayo indians and these were two hugely important international human rights reports anyway executed up there Uh, we carry on so we're going down into into clerken or by farringdon road by clerkenwell farringdon this is where we we have a number of newspapers were established. The Guardian and a few others were, are, are, based around there. I think Amnesty International was based around there as well. Why are they here? Interesting. Very important bodies end up coming magically back to places associated with the river fleet, because we're back on the, the river fleet is, is flowing underground for, for the rest of the way. So, uh, this is where the first metropolitan railway was. The first underground railway in the, in, in the world was here. Metropolitan. What does that mean? Metropolis, mother city. What's the mother city? This the mother city, London. So Clerkenwell. On on the River Fleet, there was loads of wells. uh, Clerkenwell, Chad's Well, Black Mary's Well. There were healing wells. There were springs. There were springs from time immemorial. People went to bathe. You wouldn't bathe in them now, especially with all the pollution. They went into them. Clerkenwell was a place. There was a number of associations. I forgot to mention. That that area that we've covered was what William Blake described as Jerusalem. When he's talking about Jerusalem, he locates it physically in that area. That's remarkable. Uh, Did I mention Mary Shelley who wrote Frankenstein? She was, we passed by her house. I should have pointed out I was talking too much. And near there, H.G. Wells uh, lived. So we have two of the most interesting writers about science fiction lived in this area why was that and across the road lived charles fort the great the person who was interested in anomalies frogs falling from the sky and all the things you're interested he lived there because he came to study at the museum Eckhart Tolle lived around here as well a spiritual spiritual leader Um, uh, so we go down there used to be an old prison there Cold bath Field. there was a number of conspirators conspirators who were imprisoned there there was the irish rebels tried to free some prisoners and Marx said that it had changed the views of the uh, they, they tried to raid the police van and it changed the views of uh the working class about the irish situation the conspirators that were sent to prison or are killed claim they were innocent, and they claimed that they were set up by the government, they claimed that this was a set up, there was no conspiracy. We have this phenomenon, this claim, very regularly, that there is a plot, the government is going to be destroyed, they find the conspiracies, uh, and then the government gets, you know, gets a nice period, they can celebrate for a while. Uh, Clerkenwell was where Oliver Twist was. So, we're in Clerkenwell now, in front of us we can see the dome of uh, St. Paul's, mm. So we've come around. The the river is under our feet by where the metropolis, Metropolitan Railway is, and we're coming into Smithfield. Smithfield has been the area of the meat market in London for the last 800 years. But it's not only a meat market. It's the place where Bartholomew Fair is. It's the place where they used to execute uh, uh, people for treason. William Wallace, Braveheart, was executed there. This was where the Peasants' Revolt, which could have been very successful, was finished when the Lord Mayor of London uh, took control because the, the the young king couldn't control the situation and uh, single-handedly changed and took the wind out of the sails by disarming or, or by refusing to agree to the terms uh, of the uh, Wat Tyler, the leader of the Peasants' uh, Revolution. Um, so we're, we're moving into a different space the city of London is not the same as London City. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the River Fleet is common by the city of London. The city of London is claimed to be the uh, mo- the, the longest, most continuously governed uh, place in, in in the world by, by, by a single institution. It's governed by the Corporation of London. It's not governed by other rules. It's a separate jurisdiction, yeah. and that's where the center of finance is.
1: The old city, is that what you're referring yeah, to?
0: We're talking about what's referred to as the square mile. It's where the ancient Roman city was, effectively. Uh, and if you go to the Guild Hall, which is at the center of it, it's on top of, there's Roman remains, you can go down and, and see it. Um, and so, so, so the city... Of London is very, very powerful. These are the people that built Londonderry in, in Ireland, that were, you know, financed the railways around the world. A lot of the major developments international came from financing from, 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 uh, in the city. If the Queen wants to travel through the city, she needs the permission of the Lord Mayor to enter. She cannot enter the City of London without the permission of the Lord Mayor, which is is quite incredible. Um, so that's there. That's a, that's a different, that's a different area. There's a ring of steel to guard it for, se- for security, uh, re- obvious security reasons. We'll see plenty of dragons around there. Um, so we, uh, we, we moved down to, to, to cut a long story short. We're moving down. They, they located all the prisons. When you're reading Dickens and you see all the old prisons, Ludgate, they're all located on the River Fleet. Because they needed water and that, so the uh, as well as the prisons. So the prisons came uh, later, usually debtors' prisons and uh, people had financial difficulties. So Dickens used to walk around there. He used to walk around there at night. He he wrote an essay about night walking in London. He used to reflect on the debtors. He, he used, the, uh, the, used them in his novels. Uh, and then the so the, the the great healing the great healing river becomes associated with incarceration. It becomes associated with punishment. I it becomes associated with, uh, with other things. So the also on the fleet were the Knights Templar. The Knights Templar set up their base and they had a mill on the river fleet. So the influence that they have had on the world is quite significant, but they were based on the fleet. And the name of the fleet has other associations. There's a suggestion that the navy used to be there before they moved to Greenwich so that's where the word or the usage of the word fleet comes from when we're talking about star fleet uh, uh, in relation to star trek the fleet word comes back to the fleet and of course the big association with the river fleet is fleet street which 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 goes across it at the end as we as we're coming into the place where where it meets the Thames
1: now let's for a second go back uh, for the benefit of our viewers who may not know about the knight's templar yeah
0: well, the, the the Knights Templar, there are a number of uh, cr- Christian uh, militant uh, um, groups, if you like, uh, or associations or esoteric bodies, which grew up for particular purposes. They, uh, there's, there's a number of them around the area. Uh, in, in Clerkenwell, I was going to mention that we had the Knights of St. John, the Hospitallers of St. John, and these were the people that ruled... Uh, Malta and Rhodes from Jerusalem Passage, which is in Clerkenwell, it's still there.
1: I presume that we're talking about organizations that were active during the Crusades.
0: Uh, during the Crusades and onwards, so they go, they go back, uh, they go back near, nearly a thousand years at this stage, uh, and they were. There's various theories about why they were set up. The usual story is that they were they were set up. They might have been set up to help pilgrims again on their journey uh, to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. or they were they, they were set up f- for a number of different reasons, the, the, but it was a protective thing, and then some of them were associated with, with fighting, because people forget that there were a number of uh, Templar states in what is now uh, Israel and, and Lebanon, and, and they were actual states that were formed by mm-hmm. these people uh, in, in London. And of course, the Templars were the ones who developed a lot of international finance. It's often attributed to other groups, but the Templars had a significant role in, in the evolution of financial instruments. Sorry, you were to, uh...
1: Well, I'm just uh, pointing out they were a, a military organization, yes. but they had an esoteric basis.
0: They had an es- uh, esoteric basis. There is various Discussions about what that basis was, and there's, there's room for discussion. And in my in my uh, characters' associations, they find that conspiracy theory there because, of course, the Knights Templar and that area uh, where where the Templars were based uh, comes up in Dan Brown's uh, novels. Yes. So, but so but but the history is there, and the history is stranger. Than the fiction about it. Mm-hmm. So the so the Knights Templar. On, so we have all these from Julius Caesar and Knights Templar and Karl Marx and Lenin. All very very close to the River Fleet. So we're nearly at the end where the Fleet. We're nearly at the end. <laughs> if we look up to the left at this stage, we've gone by St Paul's. So we can see St Paul's just uh, to our left. Magnificent that, building. Magnificent building in the shape, in the shape. The dome, yes. the calvarium. So it's there. Um, it, it was a lot of London was remodeled after the great fire of London, uh, in September the second, 1666. And it went on for a while. My character is a bit suspicious and she wonders why there are records. And it's, it's quite known that plans for the redevelopment. And the building of a new London were presented to the King just a short time before the Great Fire of London. And she's a bit suspicious that maybe it wasn't as accidental as planned. People are very suspicious these days. Anyway, just to finish off, we're coming in, we're coming into the the River Thames at Blackfriars Bridge. Blackfriars Bridge, famous for, or the Blackfriars used to be there. There were the monasteries that, that before the Reformation, Blackfriars, Whitefriars, uh, they were taken over uh, by Henry VIII after, at the time of the dispossession mm-hmm. of the, uh, the monasteries. And Blackfriars Bridge was made, f- it, c- it came into public prominence in, in the 80s, I think, when Robert Calvey, the uh, uh, banker, the Pope's banker, was found hanging under that bridge. Very mm-hmm. strange. Why did I hang him under the bridge there? What was the, maybe there was a symbolism that seems to be associated with that. Um, But right there, just the last bit, bear with me for the last bit. This is the most exciting bit. Uh, Right there, we have, historically, we have Bride's Well. Okay. This is just right where the fleet goes into the Thames. So the evidence is that this was very, very significant. Who was Bride? Well, Bride is Bridget. Bridget, who was the saint, the Irish saint, uh, the Irish saint who before that was the goddess Bridget. So Bridget, the pagan goddess in Ireland and else, elsewhere, uh, because she, there's evidence of her around other places the in Celtic Europe. Celtic goddess. Celtic goddess, yeah. Uh, so her spirit influenced the saint, which leads to this well becoming associated with her because she was the goddess associated with water, with life, with spring, with spring, with, with, uh, so, and before that, even the Romans loved, loved water, the Romans loved bathing. The, but you asked, asked me about why was it was covered over. It was covered over. It was covered over the, 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 because the river was polluted because they threw all the waste into the river. They threw all the waste from the meat market into the river. It was foul. It was awful. It was noxious. So many poets and writers describe how noxious the fleet was. It was. It was wicked. Not unlike some things that happen in the world today. Because if you keep polluting things, it's not a very good strategy. It'll, you'll end up lose. They cover. They cover the. They covered the, 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 the fleet. Maybe there was another reason they covered it. Perhaps there was another reason. We could, we could think about the sacred river becomes less sacred. But well, go back, to, let me go back to Bridewell. So we have this bride's Well, healing well, sa- sacred well. And there they build a church. And this church, St. Bride's Church. This church is quite interesting because it has a funny, a funny little steeple. And that is the steeple that was used uh, to, to uh, inspiration for a cake maker nearby. Uh, and, and he used this, he used this, uh, steeple as a model to put on a wedding cake. Wow. And I don't know if you've seen, uh, when you go to weddings sometime, there is a, there's a, a steeple shape which is used on top of cakes. Mm. And that, all those go back strangely to this, Steeple in St Bride's Church. Isn't that strange the way, way it went out? And there's also a, a, a contemporary set of novels called *The Shadow Hunters*, which are based which are based in that church. This was where the first printing press came here, and when other people came uh, precisely to this site, Swedenborg lived uh, around here. These the, round by the most of his place, places he lived were by the River Fleet. Giordano Bruno when he came he lived right in Salisbury's court right beside uh, the fleet Uh, it's incredible so it's one of the it's one of these honeypot places but it's not the end of the story I have to just finish this point so we have the bride then we have a palace so King Henry VIII was there he lived in the bridewell palace why would they build a palace on this auspicious spot well obviously he's the king and it's a good place to build so uh, various uh, uh, Emperor uh, Charles I think uh, came there and there's a very very interesting Painting which was painted there by Holbein. It's called the ambassadors and it was painted in 1533 Look at the painting the ambassadors. It's very very interesting. There's an anamorphosis on of a skull There are there are curtains behind the curtains. There are scientific instruments. There's a suggestion to me that they were telling us about what was going to happen in the next 500 years. Look at the painting and think about it. That was painted in the Bride uh, in the Bridewell Palace. Henry VIII is not happy with his wife. He's not getting the son, right? It's over. The, the Reformation started in that spot. Uh, they had the, the, the hearings about his right to di- divorce Mm-hmm. Right, right on that spot. No, in right. other words, the
1: English Reformation.
0: Sorry, the English Reformation. We're still in England. I hadn't gone off. <laughs> <the, laughs> just in case. You forgot yeah. what country? Yeah, the English Reformation. Yeah. yeah. So it starts there, and he splits with his bride. His bride. His bride. His bride. It's fun and bride. Anne Boleyn. And Bolin. Uh, 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 Catherine of Arag- Ar- Ar- Aragon. Oh, his first
1: wife. Yes, yes his yes.
0: first wife. This is this is the start of the Reformation because uh-huh. he's gone. The reason why, of course, he wants to. Uh, Spit with his wife is because of this great enchantress, Anne Boleyn, who was a different. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. So and
1: the Pope wouldn't grant him a divorce. Grant,
0: yeah. And also, some people say she had six fingers. I don't know if it's historically true. There's some, some suggestions that she was a bit different. She was a very formidable woman. Mm-hmm. She had very, very clear Protestant views that she wanted to implement. So we, we can't, a very, very strong. You're talking about Anne Boleyn. yeah. yeah. Anne Boleyn. But Catherine of Oregon was, was, was a very noble woman and she, she went through great. We, we, but that's another story. So after the reference, just, just at the time when this goes, after this goes true... For some reason, Henry doesn't want to stay there. He moves out, and uh, so the bridewell changes, and, and Edward then donated the bridewell to the city of London because it's just outside. The river runs down, uh, the river Fleet, just outside the old boundaries, the old walls of, of the Roman city, the same uh, as a tributary, I think, uh, in relation to the Tiber in Rome. There's a similar there's a similar structure if you look at uh, old Roman London uh, and the uh, old versions of Rome itself. Those connections are are, are quite interesting. So uh, anyway, the bridewell, the city city of London have it, the bridewell which was associated with with a goddess, associated with healing, associated with, with profound, deep spiritual power. What do they do? They call it they turn it into a prison for women. So the Bridewell prison is established. Sometimes it's designed to help people, but essentially, uh, th- this prison, a uh, prison of various times. And from that, we get the word the Bridewell. There's a Bridewell in, in Dublin. This is a, usually a place where a holding prison, and we have them around the world, Bridewell. So I wonder if someone is sitting in a Bridewell somewhere, wondering, where does this, where does this na- name? come from? And it came from bride, well, this place. L- and what we have here, an interesting question. So we have we have the uh, the healing goddess of the river uh, who is firstly destroyed through, through, through the misuse and putting things. in. The, then it's covered over. And then the associations are inverted. So from being a place which is associated with goodness, it becomes a place which is difficult and not nice and you don't want to go to. And that's about all I'll say on this, because we might be here too long. But you get the idea. It's a useful thing to spark the imagination, to begin to look at history, geography, contemporary politics, ancient politics, things that are recurrent, cycles, to look back, to begin to think, to reflect, to feel, to think of the characters, to think of their motivations, see the parallels, maybe to think that history is cyclical, as Vico said, maybe to think about Giordano Bruno being then subsequently burned uh, when he goes back to Italy, Giordano, Giordano Bruno, who came to London because he wanted, he wanted to bring his magic to, to unite Egyptian magic with Christian magic. The great
1: esoteric exactly. teacher, burned yeah. at the stake.
0: Yeah, because he was doing the wrong thing. He was uniting the mystical traditions. You can't do that. They're fighting between them. They want to maintain their own area. Catholic, Protestant, Egyptian, other stuff. Yates walked around here. Walked around the Strand. We could go on for a long time, but I, I, I want I want to give the idea that if we look at a place intently, particularly places which are honey pot attractors, we may learn lessons. And and the lesson that I would learn from that, or this character suggests, is that there has been an attempt to drive the goddess underground, literally. So there's an attempt to suppress the goddess. And then, as that's happening, Queen Elizabeth appears. Queen Elizabeth the First is the uh, daughter of, of Henry VIII, and she is the new queen, the new goddess. She takes over. There's a, been a break with Rome, so we need to have a new figure which has goddess-like qualities, and that's her. So the goddess is always being reinterpreted, changed, and we get different types of goddesses. So we have a a light feminine and a dark feminine things and movement between them and oscillation. So we should think about or just use it as food for thought.
1: The goddess is always being buried and always being reborn.
0: Yes. Although the big question is, is consciousness the goddess that's going to be suppressed in the future? That's, that's the big question, in the girl.
1: Well, James Tunney, once again, what a magnificent journey. Uh, Thank you. You have the voice of a poet, the mind of a, a novelist, and, and on top of that, a legal scholar and a painter. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be able to share your vision with our viewers.
0: Oh, I really appreciate that, and I hope I didn't put you to sleep there. Not, not that at story. all.
1: If anything, I think you've stimulated me and a few other people to take a look at your whole novel. Blue Lies September.
0: That's very kind of you. Again, it's it's, it's fantastic to have these
1: conversations with yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thanks thank very you. much. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. Thanks. And thank you for being with us.